What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we will preview the Tennessee Volunteers heading into the 2023 SEC season. We'll catch up with Tennessee quarterback Joe Milton, find out what his mindset is now taking over as the quarterback with Hendon Hooker gone. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, and they will throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network covering your team every day. All right, we're doing this thing going around the conference, previewing different teams as we count down to the start of the 2023 season. And, of course, SEC Media Days will be here very soon, so figured we'd kind of mix in some interviews we got from the Manning Passing Academy. Today, we are bringing you our Tennessee Volunteers preview. So let's dive into it as we look at the 2023 Vols. And we start... With head coach Josh Heupel going 11 and 2 last season, 6 and 2 in the SEC, 11 and wins, 11 wins with a win over Florida, that thrilling win over Alabama, an Orange Bowl victory over Clemson. That is what Tennessee football is supposed to be. Led the nation in offense at 525 yards per game, and they were fun to watch. Even if you weren't a Tennessee fan, a lot of people felt you know they needed to tune in. They were must see TV last year. Will this team look like last year's? Well, there's some different things happening this year. You know, the offense is always going to be molded in Josh Heupel's vision. He loses offensive coordinator Alex Golish, who takes over at UC or USF. And now they slide Joey Halsley up to OC. But the offense should look very similar to what they have been running with Heupel being the brains behind it. This might not be the nation's number one offense again or number one scoring attack, but they're going to be very good. And the true test is going to be how good can the quarterback Joe Milton be? Joe Milton does not need to replicate what Hendon Hooker did, in my opinion. Hendon Hooker completed what? Like 70% of his passes, 27 touchdown passes, two picks. But can Joe Milton do what he did in those starts against Vanderbilt and Clemson at the back end of last season? Joe Milton has seen and played a lot of football. Three seasons at Michigan and now his third season at Tennessee. He's appeared in 29 collegiate games over the past five years, 17 passing touchdowns with five rushing touchdowns, and now it is his time to shine. He's been a backup, he's been a depth guy, all that kind of stuff. It's his time to go out there and be the guy. He's got some really good weapons surrounding him, and look, if for whatever reason he struggles and cannot rise to the occasion, they got the five-star freshman Nico Yamaliava behind him, and I've talked to some people who have said, look, if, if Milton struggles and they have some early season losses, they may just say, you know, screw it. Let's throw Nico in there and let's ride him, get the freshman jitters out, and he'll be the guy for the next handful of years. I don't think that'll happen. I think Milton will have a really good year. We saw, you know, Hendon Hooker was a good, not great quarterback at Virginia Tech, but a couple of years with Josh Heupel, and look at what he was able to do. Now, the big thing with... Tennessee is really the underrated part. I don't hear many people talk about how dominant of a run team they were. 
Uh, their leading rusher, Jalen Wright, is back. He averaged six yards per carry with 875 yards and 10 scores last year. Jabari Small and Dylan Sampson are back. Tennessee rushed for over 2,500 yards last season. Like I said, Wright rushed for 875. Jabari Small rushed for 730. And if you mix in some runs, designed runs for Joe Milton, I think they can once again be a very dangerous rushing team. By the way, the stat of the day, the Vols were 9-0 when getting uh, rushing for 155 yards or more. So that is going to be key once again. Now, as for receivers, they're going to lose Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman, but they bring back a good arsenal. Baru McCoy, Ramel Keaton, Squirrel White. In terms of production last year, that was your number two, three, and four receivers. They had Dante Thornton from Oregon through the transfer portal. Could be that big deep threat. And they got a couple of promising freshmen as well. I think receivers are going to be really good for Tennessee. But now we got to talk about the defense. And Tim Banks has got to get this group going. Last season, I thought Tennessee's defense was maybe a little bit better than people will remember. Obviously, it was horrid against South Carolina, and that's the one that everybody sticks out in everybody's mind. But they held LSU to just 13 points. They held Kentucky to just six. And they held Georgia's high-powered offense to 27 They had some really good moments throughout the year, but they have got to be better overall. The pass rush, I think, needs to be a little bit better. They led the SEC in tackles for a loss. Uh, Were decent against the run last year, but defensive tackle DeJon Terry is off to Oklahoma. And, look, Tyler Barron, I think, is set for, like, he's got to be a guy who has a big year for them. Who else steps up? Amari Thomas, Bryson Eason, Dominic Bailey, Elijah Simmons. They've got some you know, big pieces on that D-line, but a lot of those guys have to step up. Roman Harrison, we know, is a playmaker behind the line. Good size. Uh, but when we go to the linebacker core, it's Keenan Peely coming in from BYU. Solid linebacker over the last few years. They lose Jeremy Banks and Juwan Mitchell. And, of course, their leading tackler, Aaron, Aaron Beasley, is back. 76 tackles, three sacks, 13 tackles for a loss. Uh, Beasley's got to be that guy. But Peely alongside of him, I think, is set for a big year. The big question to me for Tennessee is how good can this secondary be? Jalen McCullough, he was second on the team with 58 stops to Marion McDonald. uh, Nice playmaker at safety, playing that star spot probably. But at corner, Gabe Judy Lawley comes over from BYU. Kamal Haddon, Danico Slaughter, Warren Burrell. Who is going to be those guys to step up and uh, and be those true cover corners. We've seen the past Tennessee has had some really good ones. They're going to need these guys to all step up and play big roles. But, look, the offense isn't the big concern unless Joe Milton struggles, and then we've got some issues. But as long as Joe Milton is fine, um, we need this defense to step it up a little bit more this year. I think Tennessee could be primed for yet another really big year. Now, is 11 wins on the docket? I don't think so. But certainly, they can have a very, very nice year and continue to build this momentum with um, Josh Heupel as he continues on there in Knoxville, recruiting at a high level. And, uh, of course, like we said, a lot of it going to be dependent on Joe Milton. And speaking of Joe Milton, we will hear from Joe Milton, the quarterback at Tennessee, coming up next. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, our conversation with Joe Milton, Tennessee quarterback. 
But first, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. We've been telling you all week, Bird Dogs are there to make you look good. Their uh, stretch khaki shorts are divine, uh, designed with a fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a sculpted look. Uh, the Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. We got our hands on some uh, Bird Dogs a couple weeks ago and just love the way they fit. And they're versatile. I mean, it's the the fabric cotton. You could almost you could wear it in a swimming pool. You could wear it to a picnic, to a bar, on a date, whatever it is. Bird dogs provide versatility, and they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton. And they've got that anti-stink, sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash college right now. You can get your hands on that free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college for the free Yeti-style tumbler. You will not want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, continue on here, Locked On SEC, and thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Check us out next week. We will continue previewing uh, around the conference. You'll uh, hear with from, uh, we'll, we'll touch on LSU. You'll hear from Jaden Daniels, LSU quarterback, and uh, much, much more as we continue our preview series. But today we're talking all things Tennessee Volunteers and just a couple days ago at the Manning Passing Academy we were able to catch up for a few minutes with Tennessee quarterback Joe Milton. Now Joe kind of came up came out a little bit later than a lot of the guys so we weren't able to get a true one-on-one. It was kind of a group setting so some other reporters mixed in some questions as well which is fine. I want you guys to hear all angles of what Joe Milton had to say. So we mixed in some of our questions so you hear me on, on the interview but some other folks as well with uh, Joe Milton, and again, really good insight into the kind of guy he is. Very different from Hendon Hooker, very different quarterback, but still can be that leader and very productive there on Rocky Top. Here was our conversation with Tennessee quarterback Joe Milton. Peyton Manning was just saying that he's really been looking forward to watching you throw throw the ball, man. What? How does that feel to hear that from him? Um, it feels great, you know, but it's just another opportunity to showcase my talent, um, showcase what I bring, showcase what Tennessee is uh, working on, and, you know, just put my front foot forward. What have you picked up from these quarterbacks so far that Eli and Peyton and Archie I'm talking about? Um, nothing at the moment. Um, we haven't done anything like uh, – we haven't done anything with them at the moment, but it's been pretty good, though. I mean, of the aspect of, like, just – you know, being around them um, is probably the best part. You know, you don't get too many opportunities like that. So, Joe, last year, every time I talked to Hendon, he always brought up your name about whether you were pushing him, whether y'all were roommates working together. What was it like to have Hendon's support, and how much did that help you going into this year? Uh, it helps a lot. I mean, I stick to the same routine we stick to when we was living together. So nothing really changed of the aspect of anything different in Tennessee. No, but I stick to the same routine and. We still talk daily, and we just make it happen. How cool was it to have him there with you at the bowl game? And, I mean, he didn't have to be there, but he was there because he said it was that important to him to be there for you. Right. Uh, it was very important. You know, um, I played that game for him in Tennessee and for my family as well. But at the same time, majority of him because he put in a lot. We all put in a lot, but he put in a lot to, to be in that position to get Tennessee there. So uh, it was good to finish it for him. What's the biggest thing Coach Heupel is – Maybe not say you had to work on this offseason, but but that you guys have collectively worked on to improve your game for this coming season. Uh, 
don't know, man. I, I'm a perfectionist, man. I, I, I work for everything. So anything that I did good, I'm still going to work at it. Anything I did bad, I'm still going to work at it. So um, just trying to be a perfectionist, um, that's probably the hardest part because nobody's perfect. But at the same time, uh, that's what I work for. That's what I aim for. So. Peyton was talking about you throwing the ball a bit with his son, I guess. What's kind of your relationship with Peyton? What's it mean like to you're kind of be you know, close with the Manning family? Oh, man, that's great. You know, they come back to the games. You know, um, Sam Marshall um, just throw the ball today. I was working with him a couple of times and chasing him around. So it's great, man. You know, you have a good connection with the Manning family, and they come back and they support. And, I mean, you got that relationship forever. So. What's it mean to you to, to you know, be able to, to talk to Peyton, kind of pick his brain as a guy who you know, has been in your shoes before? I mean, it's great. You know, he has a more uh, deeper mindset than me because he done been around the NFL guys, so he understands a little bit more. But other than that, man, it's just knowing what he knows. I try to know everything a quarterback knows just, just because I, I'm a perfectionist. That's what, that's what I aim for, and that's what I want to do. So, How much more meaningful was the Orange Bowl because of how close to home you were? Oh, it was very meaningful. I don't lose in Florida, <laughs> so that's that's. I took that one to the heart. Um, I mean, pretty much take every game to the heart. But yeah, I don't lose in Florida. How many friends and family did you have there? Uh, uh I had like I used like thirty tickets. Wow. Yeah, I think I used like thirty tickets. I saw where on one of the replays it looked like you were turning toward the stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I blew my mom a kiss. Did you? Yeah, I blew my mom a kiss. Uh, that was after the touchdown to Ramel. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty. I mean, that was pretty dope. That was probably my best celebration in the game. So. Was that is, there, is that especially poignant, right? Because of all, I mean, getting to that point, mm -hmm. your mom being there, it feels like your coming out party, right? Yeah. But, I mean, it was, but at the same time, it was a it was another game for Tennessee, yeah. um, and I mean, we had to do what we had to do to win, so. No matter what, you just got to do what's good for Tennessee. What's it been like? Uh, obviously, you just mentioned Ramel. You guys bring back, you lose Jalen and Cedric, but you bring back a lot of pieces like Baru. What's it been like kind of working with those guys throughout the spring? I mean, my connection always been good with them just because they've been here for a long time. Uh, also, uh, we got Dante Thornton just got there, so it's been great. Um, I mean, those guys running. I mean, as y'all know, they running. Uh, y'all know how offense works. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty good. Those guys, they're, they're working. They want to get better. They understand me. They understand what the offense wants, and they understand how to beat guys. So they get open. You've had a long road through the years of Michigan. Obviously, the, the past few years of Tennessee having to sit, but this is your time. This is your moment. I mean, how excited are you to, to go into this year knowing you're the guy? Uh, it's another opportunity. I don't look at it no different. No, I mean, it's just another opportunity. It's another game, and, I mean, you do what you got to do to win. Have you always viewed it that way? Because it sounds like a way of compartmentalizing. I, I was right? younger at first. Like my first three years at Michigan, I did not view it that way. Uh, I just wanted to be the best, the best version of Joe. But uh, now, you kind of like as you get older, you kind of see the whole aspect of the, of the game, and you know you see how life works, and you see how things can come by and, and go. So, you know, however you treat it, um, I treat it a little bit different. You know, it's more, it's more meaning now. Um, not because it's my last year, just because, you know, guys guys want it more. And I see it in their eyes. Like, they're dedicated. So, why not give my all? What's the biggest difference you see coming from the Big Ten to the SEC? I mean, we always hear you know, it's, it's faster, it's more physical, all that. Is is that what you've seen the last couple of years? Yeah. Um, guys are way faster. Um, stronger, no. Michigan was pretty strong. But faster, yes. Um, guys are actually running sideline to sideline. Uh, in the Big Ten, it was only a couple guys that can do that. Like you had Devin Bush, but he was on my team. He wasn't tackling me. So, but you see that. But now, you got guys running sideline to sideline pretty much every game. Are we gonna see you run a little bit more this year? 
Uh, whatever happens, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't do that. Uh, whatever happens, happens. Witnessing a Tennessee team who was obviously at the top, especially in the SEC, how do you, how do you keep it level going into the season? Uh, I mean, everybody keep the same mindset. You know, um, you got to win. You got to attack every day like it's your last. Um, and then I pretty much tell the team, like, no coach is going to cross that white line. So we have to have trust in amongst each other and put that same trust on the field. So leave no brother behind. Speaking with the SEC, you got two guys here from LSU and in, uh, in us and Jane Daniels. What do you see out of those guys? Oh, those guys are great. You know, that's my first time hanging around those guys personally and this close and actually, you know what I'm saying, get to spend time with them uh, personally, not just on the field. So it's been great. Those guys have a good mindset and good heads on their shoulders. So it's been good. I got one more for you. When Joe Milton's not playing football, what are you doing? Uh, either playing the drums. I'm playing Call of Duty. Uh, I listen to music uh, a lot. Um, I like to drive my car around the, uh, the city, um, just long roads, listen to music. How long have you been playing drums? I've been playing drums since I was eight. Yeah, it's been a minute. You just play You play with other, like a band, or just you just go? Snap drum. Nah, I got a, a drum pad in my closet. Um, I just go in there, I close the closet door, and I just play the drums. If you didn't play football, would you be in the Tennessee band? I would not. I would not be in the Tennessee band. HBCU, yeah, but not Tennessee band, no. That again, Tennessee quarterback Joe Milton. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, what are the true expectations for Tennessee this season? We'll run through their schedule. We'll give you our thoughts on what it will look like in 2023. More Locked on SEC coming up next. We're along here, locked on SEC, and as we continue to look ahead to the 2023 SEC football season, uh, Tennessee Volunteers obviously just had a fantastic 2022 campaign. What will 2023 look like? Well, let's deep dive headfirst into it and look at Tennessee's 2023 football schedule. And as we look at it, we'll go week by week. We start week one, they will play Virginia. That is already set for an early game, an 11 a.m. Central, 12 Eastern game on ABC, nationally televised audience on September 2nd. And look, Virginia, decent, okay to decent opponent out of the ACC, but that is one Tennessee should be light years ahead of program-wise at this point. Uh, No reason to think that Tennessee should struggle at all in that one. They should take care of business and win handily against Virginia. Week 2, September 9th, they get Austin P. Again, another tune-up game, one they should handle very easily. And so we've got Tennessee starting the season at 2-0. Week 3, September 16th, it gets Telfa right out of the gates. Week 3, they're at Florida. A night game in the Swamp. 6 p.m. Central, 7 Eastern on ESPN. Already been picked up. And that is one that uh, Tennessee has got to go find a way to win. We know Billy Napier in, ten- in Florida and a little bit of transition. We're getting their new quarterback in Graham Mertz. But if Joe Milton's going to be that guy and the offense is going to continue on, the defense is going to get better, that's one that Tennessee has to win. They just have to win in the swamp. So we'll give Tennessee the win. Maybe it's a close one. Maybe it's not easy. Maybe they win on a field goal, something like that. But Tennessee should beat Florida and improve to 3-0. 
Week four, this is a tough one. Do not look at UTSA and go, ah, it's an easy one. UTSA is a really good team. Frank Harris coming back for like, what, his sixth or seventh year there as quarterback at UTSA. That's a seasoned team. And if the Tennessee defense doesn't show up, they could find themselves in a shootout with UTSA in week four. So, again, I think that one is close for a while. I think Tennessee pulls it out because it's at home in Knoxville, but we'll improve Tennessee to 4-0 on the season. But two kind of close games there, I think, against Florida and UTSA. Next up, September 30th, they go to, or uh, they're back, they're still at home in the midst of a three-game homestand. They get South Carolina and the Gamecocks. A little revenge factor. You got to think revenge is on their minds with what Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells and company did to them a year ago. Brandon Hendon Hooker's gone and a lot of the, the pieces from last year's team. Um, but Joe Milton did play, you know, late in that game when uh, Hendon Hooker got hurt. I think uh, because it's in Knoxville, I think Tennessee can win it. So, look, it's, it sounds being a little homerific here for Tennessee, but I think 5-0 and start seems pretty doable. Now, you get a week off. Week of October 7th, and on October 14th, you get Texas A&M coming to Knoxville. What will they look like with Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher? What will that offense look like? Is Connor Wegman the quarterback? Is it Max Johnson? But again, you get them at home. I'll probably slide a loss in here to A&M, just saying, giving them the benefit of the doubt, saying they were able to get the road win in Florida, beat UTSA at home, beat South Carolina at home. We'll give them a home loss to Texas A&M just to kind of be objective here. And we'll put Tennessee at 5-1 and one going into the October 21st game against Alabama. Now you got to go to Bryant-Denny Stadium. And we just talked about getting revenge on South Carolina last year. Guess who wants to get revenge for last year? It's Alabama. They are not happy after losing that game last year. And uh, they're going to want to stick it to you. Now, Alabama, they've got their quarterback issues. At least right now we know Tennessee knows who their quarterback is. Uh, Alabama's still going through it. They have a battle. Now, they have some good talent. But just for the sake of argument, we'll say Tennessee loses that game because Alabama wants to stick it to them. Revenge factor. So we've got Tennessee at 5-2. and two. On October 28th, they go to Kentucky. Devin Leary, man, I think... Uh, I think Leary's going to bring it. I think Kentucky bringing back Liam Cohen was one of the biggest moves of the offseason. And I think Kentucky will have a little revenge on their minds this time around. I think they'll be looking to beat the Vols. Don't get angry with me, Vol fans. I'm going to give Kentucky a win there. So we got Tennessee now at 5-3 and three heading into November. Now, November starts off super easy. You get UConn, November 4th. I think the Vols win that one going away. Kind of a weird opponent to be playing there late in the season. I think they beat UConn. I think November 11th, they go to Missouri and win. So, that is 7-3 now. Home game against Georgia, November 18th. Man, I'd like to pick the upset here. We'd really like to say that Tennessee is clicking at all cylinders. The offense is rolling. And they got a chance to pull off the upset. I got to stick with Georgia. I believe Carson Beck and Brock Bowers and company are going to 
uh, have their offense rolling. But uh, we'll give Tennessee a loss here, drop them to 7-4. and four. And then the season finale at home against Vanderbilt is a win. I think they go 8-4. and four. So 8-4. and four, All fans don't get mad at me. I know you went 10-2 and two last year in the regular season. You can win a bowl game, get to nine wins. But that's where I have them this season. Again, you got you got a lot of toss-up games in there. You got a lot of games that could go either way. I just think if you're being realistic with yourself, that's kind of where where it can go. But you you saw it. I mean, there are some very winnable games in there. There are some doable games. And look, are they going to get beat by both Alabama and uh, Georgia in the, in the same season? They'll probably be underdogs in both. But we'll see. We'll see what Georgia looks like when we get to that game. We'll see what Tennessee looks like when we get to that game. And again. To me, a big part of this is what does Joe Milton look like as the season goes along? And are we seeing some flashes from Nico Yamaliava in, in some mop-up duty? His first couple games, maybe he gets an opportunity to play. So, going to be a fascinating season. I know a lot of people are, are picking uh, Tennessee's downfall. They're going to come crashing back down to earth. Josh Heupel, the system worked with Hendon Hooker, but it won't, won't work with other quarterbacks, whatever. I, I understand there's some people that are skeptical, but... I think it's the real deal. I think Heupel's a really good coach. I think he's going to keep this train moving right along. We will see as we get closer to the season. That is going to do it for me. Thanks for watching Locked On SEC and making us your first listen every day. And again, shout out to our everydayers. Come back and check us out next week as we'll continue to go around the conference previewing a lot of teams heading into the 2023 season. Our thanks to Joe Milton, of course, taking some time out at the Manning Passing Academy to join us. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys next week.